from Cleveland, Ohio, this is the Cleveland Stage Podcast, brought to you by Fog Properties. Flexible spaces, all the right places. Visit FOGG.com for information. And now, your host, Tyler Whitten and Ian Wolfgang Hins. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cleveland Stage Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tyler Whitten, along with my co-host, Ian Hins. And we're here today with a very special episode of the Cleveland Stage Podcast on opening night, celebrating the opening of Alabama Story here at Ensemble Theater, uh, written by Kenneth Jones, directed by yours truly. That's right, Tyler Whitten. Our guest this afternoon is the director of Heights Library, Nancy Levin, and we also have artistic director of Ensemble Theater, Celeste Cosentino. Uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, the conjunction with our production here, or the, the production of this play is, is happening in a very opportune time when it comes to books and libraries and, of course, theaters That's right. and storytelling. That's right. So, Alabama Story is about the fight that a state librarian has in Montgomery, Alabama in 1959, right, when the civil rights... Um, uh, movement is kind of flowering and kind of finally coming into full gear. This is really when Montgomery becomes the cradle of the civil rights movement, right? It's a few years after Rosa Parks, right. which happened just down the street from where the play takes place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. King has his church right down the street from where the play takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think this is... And so there's a state senator yes. in the play that tries to ban this children's book called The Rabbit's Wedding, mm-hmm. which is about... Rabbit's, rabbit's wedding. Getting married. <laughs> it's not a very clever title. It's a children's book. <laughs> Literally written for three to seven year olds. And the state senator uh, in Alabama has a very difficult time. And why does he have a difficult time, Tyler? Uh, you mean like emotionally or just with the book? Well, I think there's a lot of emotional problems there probably <laughs> yeah. for him. But Well, the book depicts uh, a white rabbit and a black rabbit who get married. It should also be noted that it is a black male rabbit and uh. a white female rabbit, which of course I'm sure yeah. stoked the fears of many. And, and the book happened to be published in black and white, so it's not like they had a lot of color options. Right, yeah, it could just be, as Garth Williams, the, play, or the book's uh, illustrator, points out, it's just for visual contrast. Yeah. Yeah. He says it's about fuzzy love. Sure. So, with that context, that's one of the reasons we asked uh, Nancy to join us today, to talk about um, how libraries uh, deal with censorship, how libraries work... Um, to raise awareness about banned books, including Banned Books Week, which begins uh, September 23rd. It'll be our last two weeks of the production. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be great. So the Heights Library has partnered with Ensemble to bring some information to the production. Yes. We will have an exhibit a at, table. At, yep. the, uh, at the play with Banned Books and information about Banned Books Week. Um, so you may say, why does it matter? Well, ban- banning and censorship continue to this very day. Um, a most recent case in Ohio is occurring right now in the prison system. Both public and private prisons have used their mailroom as a place where people decide what the prisoners may read and what they may not read. Oh, they wow. have pulled out popular magazines such as GQ and Time magazine, and their reason is they say that anything that includes um, any sexual activity, any violence, any computer books are also being pulled out, might entice prisoners to break a law or to be more violent or to stoke their sexuality in some way. Time magazine? 
Time Magazine. Wow. Um, so, and what concerns me even more is that um, they don't really have a formal criteria for these decisions and that the people in the mailroom are making these decisions. And since when do ideas always hmm. turn into actions? Um, prisoners' rights have already been reduced by the nature of their condition, their prisoners, but to not allow them to read is a pretty specious thing. Sure. And um, in Marion, Ohio, recently, there were some prisoners who did hack into computers and commit a few crimes from prison. Oh, wow. Um, so it's not without some, I mean, I think there should be thought put into this, mm -hmm. but in California, they teach prisoners how to code so that they can have a job when they mm. get out. So I think, like with many things, there are a lot, there's a lot of gray area, but mm -hmm. banning ideas is never okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could see prison saying, look, we're not going to allow our inmates to read the rules of breaking out of prison, right? <laughs> like, okay, that makes sense. But, you know, news magazines like Time, just because they may contain... I don't know. Suggestive. Well, I mean, whatever. do you really think that a prisoner could break out of prison by reading a book called The Rules to Break Out of Prison? It's worth a try. Do really I would do it. That would be the first book I'd check out if I were what was in prison. The, what was the book we were talking about? The uh... Did you see The Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's exactly where my, my mind great. I was like, like award winning filmed in Ohio. Right, right, right in Mansfield. But, you know, I. I think it speaks to, and this is something that you just said, Nancy, is who's the one controlling what they can read. Right. I think that's also where it gets super the, scary. The definition of censorship yeah. is when one group exactly. of people decides what another group of people can that's read. That's the scary part. And um, another definition of censorship is the state deciding mm. and passing laws or rules that ban or exclude a book from a public school or a prison or some sort of public venue. Mm -hmm. Um and that's pretty scary. And there have been lots of legal cases. I brought with me some in information about that. Awesome. Where books have been banned from public schools, by PTA groups, by groups of individuals. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just because you don't agree with an idea mm -hmm. doesn't mean that someone else wouldn't like that idea. And so one person deciding what another person can do is not really. Okay. Is there a, is there a middle ground? Yeah. So for example, if a school comes out with a list, this is, these are the books that your children are going to read this, mm. this year and parents, you know, there's going to be a group of parents who say, I don't want my children reading X book. Right. Right. Is there a middle ground to where you can say, look, okay, they don't have to specifically read this book, but they have to choose out well, of these four books? That is how some school districts choose to that deal with sense. the subject, and right. that speaks to local control. Mm -hmm. So the reason why we have a school board and the reason why we have a library board is that we make decisions based on the um, the community standards that are prevalent in our little area, our Cleveland Heights University Heights area. Mm -hmm. The library has a process by which you can challenge something that we have. And one instance of that was that someone challenged a copy of an opera that we had. It was the only copy of, I think it was La Traviata. Mm -hmm. And it was a very racy British production mm -hmm. oh, wow. that showed women being raped mm -hmm. um, very violently and public nudity mm -hmm. and all these things. And all this woman wanted was a less racy version of La Traviata. So when we got her um, complaint. We shared it with the board and they said, yeah, that seems fair. We'll keep that version, but we'll buy three other versions so that we can balance out the collection. Yeah. And um, in, in our opinion, that was not 
reducing someone's intellectual freedom. It was expanding it. Sure. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, there are lots of ways to handle these kind of complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a difference between banning a book and censoring a book. Mm-hmm. Um, the last book that was banned for obscenity in the United States was called Fanny Hill, Memoirs of a Woman of Pleasure. <laughs> and it was written in 1748 about oh, a prostitute. Right. It was banned in 1821 and then again in 1963. Um, so that was the last book banned in the United States. There are a lot they just of books that are censored. couldn't handle 18th century sex stories. <laughs> I guess. The oldest profession, you know. People people don't want to deal with it. So, um, but well, there, not, and there are books that are censored all the time, which means that one small group says, I don't want this in my building, in my school, in my library. Yeah. Well, I'm talking to Valentine. Yes. She's the one who came in and brought all the stuff that we're going to put in the lobby. She's one of our library staff. Yeah, she's one of the library staff. She was great. Um, Talking to her, just having the conversation, seeing some of the books that she pulled out, I was like, why is that book banned? And then she explained, which is what I think is really Mm -hmm. wonderful about this this display that we're going to do is you look at it, I mean, as a common sense person, this is my opinion, but, you know, you look at it and you go, why would they ban that book? And right. then she... Harry Potter. Yes. I know. Wow. It's like, it I was like, witchcraft. Wow. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Some popular... It was a penguin book that I pulled yeah, out. Yeah. Tango like, makes three. Yeah. Right. Um, so. Popular reasons for yeah. banning books by the banners, by the censors, could be violence. Yeah. Sexuality. Orientation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sexual orientation. Um it also could be drug use. It could be swearing. Mm-hmm. Huck Finn is no is the mm-hmm. one that people bring to mind all the time because they Classic. use the N word. But that was appropriate for the time. So if you if you don't allow someone to read that and understand it, you're taking away a teachable mm-hmm. moment. Context. Why is that right. word even in the context of the American language? Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So um, I'm really excited about this play because it's not only about the the struggle between these two people, between Big Ed and and the State Librarian of Alabama, but you've got a side plot, right, mm-hmm. about a love story, mm-hmm. about real people, mm-hmm. and um, that sort of goes along with with the story in the book mm-hmm. uh, by Garth Williams. And people who aren't familiar with him should know that he also wrote Stuart Little, mm-hmm. yes. and um, which is more widely known, yeah, right, yeah. right, and Charlotte's Web. He. Yep. Uh, he didn't write it, but he illustrated it. Mm-hmm. So if you f- are familiar with those kind of pen and ink drawings, you can see how this would be mm-hmm. depicted in the book Rabbit's Wedding. We do have extra copies of Rabbit's Wedding that we ordered for the public. So if you're interested after you see the play. I think that's a really nice uh, sort of... I think in the article we said that it was a nice button to the work that Emily Reed had done, you know, 60 years ago mm-hmm. when she was... Nah, she was forced, I guess, in a way, to put the book off the shelves and in the reserve stacks to keep it safe. And now, here we are, because of her work, you know, 60 years later, I think she would be proud to know that libraries are able to stack extra copies of it because people's curiosities will be heightened by her story. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And, you know, you can read a book on many, many levels. So Mm -hmm. if you are three and you were reading (laughs) Rabbit's Wedding, you are thinking Fuzzy Bunny, Nice Bunny. Right. You know, isn't it great that they like to play and jump over each other and have a great time and that they're sad if they think about the fact that they may not be together? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the the basic plot. And then here come all these adults who add these layers of meaning that perhaps may or may not be 
there yet. <laughs> right, 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 right. May not be pertinent to a three-year-old reading the yeah. book. Yeah, I believe in the play, uh, the Garth Williams character says that the adults are not smart enough. Right. To understand <laughs> the Well, so, which brings us to Captain Underpants. Uh-huh. Dave Pilkey was uh, an Ohio resident. He wrote this wonderfully popular series of books. I, remember, I think they're yeah. up to 16 now. Mm-hmm. It's a great and movie. M- many, many, many of them, yes, have been banned because they're sassy <laughs> and because um, the most recent one, volume 16, was because there was a gay character in the book. And um, so depending on what your community standard is, um, mm-hmm. that is may or may not be abhorrent to you. And here we go. There's a certain small group of people deciding what everyone gets to read. And right. um, that makes me sad. And the fact that any book me would too. encourage hundreds of thousands of children to want to read and its sassiness is precisely why they want to read it, um, <laughs> I say, bring on the book, right? right? Mm-hmm. So, um, Yeah, I mean, it gets kids in the habit of reading. Right? right, they start with this book because it may be sassy, but then that right. leads them to the next book. Exactly. And then so the next book, and so if on. it's if it's Captain Underpants or it's Sports Illustrated or it's or Time G- Magazine, GQ, right? <laughs> or if it's just you know, Harry a Potter? lot of boys wow. get disrespected yeah. because they don't read fiction, but they read nonfiction. They mm-hmm. read about hunting, fishing putting together models, whatever it is, you're still reading. And that's what we want to, that's what a public library, at least in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, wants mm-hmm. to encourage. Mm-hmm. To so have you had a, a, a similar fight like this? Have you had... Um... No. no. Um, the last, again, the, the opera the was thing, one yeah. that happened in my tenure, which is the last 10 years. Um, we had a, a magazine that was challenged because it was a religious magazine and I believe the oh, title wow. of it was Creation. Mm. And someone said, why are you telling mm. lies? Mm. And we said, no, that's some people believe this. Some people believe other things. So our goal is to have books about evolution mm-hmm. and books about creation. And why not have it all there? So if you can choose what you want to read and maybe do some research and find out why. Maybe take pieces from both. Right, 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 right. right. So we, our yeah. goal is just to open up the world of ideas and never mm-hmm. shut that down. Yeah. yeah, and that's a hard discipline to maintain, right? Because it's I, like what we, we do talk a lot. I talk to a lot of people, and, <laughs> and, and, this and my dad and I were having a conversation the other day with one of his yeah. friends who lives in New Jersey. And he said, you know, well, they should just, they should just censor all this fake, fake stuff that's coming out of the White House or censor this stuff that's, you know, it's just not true. And we know it's not true and the facts aren't true. So why are they putting it out there? But that's really the discipline with censoring things, right? Like you have to allow people to make their own decisions. Otherwise you already lose. Right, you're already losing before you ever get started because there's no ability for them to critically think and understand the world around them. You're just telling them Tyler's shirt is blue, and, and it's, it's black. Kind of <laughs> right. okay. For those of you at home, right? He's not wearing a blue shirt. And I think yes. I think that's one of the great things. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and we would go to the library. My mom would take us to the library, and and there we would see the banned book stuff, and I would. You know, why is Catcher, why was Catcher in the Rye there? Why was this book there? You know, and I would say, I don't understand. And she would explain to me. So it also, the great thing about Banned Books Week is it opens up that conversation Agreed. for all levels of people, you know, for right. parents and children, for spouses, for anybody that, that uses the public library. And I think it's Well, really and great. I think, and this is for me, part of the reason why I picked the play. So, you know, I mean, part of it was to say a little way to say thank you because if everybody has not noticed, the library has helped us stay where we are. Um, so kind of like a hats off to, you know, the fact that libraries like theaters, and I'm not saying it's just libraries and theaters, you know, can be institutions of, of 
community involvement and inclusion and awareness, Mm -hmm. you know, and so part of our, you know, mission as a theater company is to really create socially conscious theater, you know, to be aware of the actual issues that are going on around us. Mm -hmm. So like our, our shows in the last couple of seasons that I've been the artistic director Mm -hmm. doing plays like Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo, which yes, there were audience members who got up and walked out because it's, it's material that maybe isn't, everybody doesn't agree with. I give you the freedom to choose to come to see the show or to not come and see the show. And I think that that's, too, where we're talking about, you know, censorship, banning, you know, ideas. And, and that's and that's the key. And I think theater and I think libraries, I think public institutions become guardians of those right. type mm-hmm. of ideas. Well, and when you start to stop that flow of ideas, then that's where you're in. And one thing that this play also points out is yeah. that times change. Totally. Mm. So what is abhorrent in one era Maybe is no totally. longer abhorrent in exactly. another era. Era, yeah. and you know, I I could probably stay away from the whole presidential business, but yeah. but the fact that that um, there is a war on the free press right now is right. pretty scary. So I'm very proud of Ensemble for choosing this play, mm-hmm. bringing to the public's attention that censorship still happens and um, and that we need to be vigilant. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the role of all people who respect literature and Agreed. ideas and art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, who knows what will be the well, next thing, right? And I think mm-hmm. it speaks again, like when we talk about, you know, our major focus is classic plays. You know, but then, too, like, so we just ended our last season with Angels in America. You know, yeah, it was written 35 years ago, and it's now reached its classic status because, A, it was so well-written. 25, so well not ex- that old. 25. You know, it was so well-written. I mean, part of me for, you know, classics is to stand that test of time and to really be as relevant right. today as it was in the time that it was written. But I think also to speak to what you just said, there are some parts of, like, Alabama Story Now that are relevant that shouldn't still be relevant and that's where we're like well, well that's the you don't ch- want to fall asleep at the wheel this is my opinion you don't want to fall asleep at the wheel because you think there isn't racism uh-huh. you think that there isn't there these issues aren't like what they were when martin luther king was meeting at his church and organizing and when rosa parks was sitting on the bus but guess what it's still happening today it looks a little bit different but it's still happening, and you know you still need to speak up about it and right. say something and create a conver- a platform for conversation. Right, so, right. And that's why it's really cool that you know Nancy, um, Kenneth. You know we're gonna have these talkbacks that are surrounding the production. That really, it's not just about coming to see a show. It's about coming to see a show and then talking about it. You know, right. and really creating right. a community conversation. And so. band book weeks. Band Books Week happens every year. Yeah. Um, we don't want to forget that that it is the job of a public library Super to important. protect intellectual freedom. Yes. And, um, you know, uh, sometimes topics are uncomfortable. That doesn't mean they shouldn't be, be discussed. Talked about. Yeah. And I think it's also fair to say that parents should look at what their children read and talk to them about it. Agreed. But the world is much scarier than anything in the, in a book. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reality is much scarier than fiction. So, yeah. uh, uh, one of the things that we also talked about in this subject, which I think doesn't get enough notice is that when you begin stunting the information or the stories that people can read or hear, then you're also stunting uh, the listener's own creativity, mm-hmm. right? When you, when you introduce the idea of you can't read certain things and what you're telling them as well is that you can't write certain things. Right. Or you can't be certain things. Yeah. Or that there's bad and good. And, exactly. You know, especially if you're talking about identity issues, mm-hmm. um, I would hate for a child to get a, 
get an image when he's three or four that some type of person is a bad person, right. mm-hmm. and then they turn out that they're that is them, and you know who knows what kind of damage you can do, and I, and I'm sort of thinking about resilience too. If you don't know that there are obstacles and they are overcome. Yeah. then you don't learn how to keep going when things get bad. And life does get bad. Mm-hmm. So if you don't read Shel Silverstein, who talks no. about, you know, parents can die, or there could be a fire, or there could be something that happens in your life. And, you know, we want kids to learn that you can overcome those things. Fred Rogers talks about they're always going to be helpers. Mm-hmm. So oh, um, that, yeah. I'm especially worried about children's books being censored or banned mm-hmm. because... What what are you teaching your children? Mm-hmm. And what tools are you giving them exactly? Right. They, to, right. they banned show. to deal with co- conflict. Really? That's another book that when she pulled it out, I was like, wow. wow. I was yeah. I was um, really. It says here in my notes that they taught children that they could avoid washing dishes by breaking them. <laughs> And they could disobey violent children. True. <laughs> and that there were supernatural forces. And goodness uh, knows we don't oh want to tell gosh. kids there are supernatural forces. So wow. Shel Silverstein was banned. Oh, wow. I'm going through my list here. Thomas Paine, of course, was banned. Yeah. Judy Bloom is Judy an author Bloom. for that was a favorite of many girls. My yeah. favorite. Um, who was banned because she talks about a girl getting her period Tony when she's twelve. Right. Toni Morrison, an Ohio author. Oh, um, rape and violence and violence against African Americans, right. um, uh, many many war books, but also Brave New World. We've been oh, talking wow. about that lately, which is ironic, right? Joseph Heller, <laughs> The Chocolate <laughs> War by Robert Cormier was about a Catholic school that forced kids to sell chocolate to raise money for the school, and you know, uh. God forbid, you shouldn't want to do that. <laughs> uh, very very interesting. Walter Dean Myers, one of my favorite African American authors, wrote a book about Vietnam, mm. and um, it was banned because of racism, offensive language, and violence. Well, if there isn't something any more important <laughs> than war, yeah, right. maybe exactly. we shouldn't have War's them if we, okay. yeah, if we can't maybe talk about them. The violence against which side? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it creates the conversation. As to why we are at war. Right. right? How do you teach people not to go to war if you don't teach them about it? I'm just going through my list here. Go Ask Alice. Heather Has Two Mommies is obviously about um, uh, homosexuality. John Steinbeck, The Grapes of Wrath. I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. um, Said it was pornographic. (laughs) Oh, wow. And that it encourages premarital sex and homosexuality. You know, that was written in... um, I don't know, in the 70s or something, and it was banned in 1995 in oh, Texas. Wow. Oh, wow. So it's hard to be a reader in Texas. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the scene from Field this of Dreams. This is why I love Cleveland Heights. Right. right. It's right. like the scene from Field of Dreams where they're, they're at the town meeting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I totally, yes. That's a good one. Why don't you just ban books you not James Earl Jones. Out of there? Yeah. <laughs> James Earl Jones, Terrence Mann. That's what his yeah. name was. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Wright, native son of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck, The oh, Giver. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, the Giver, wow. The Giver is a great book. Um, the Giver because of... It said it was violent and the sexual passages were inappropriate for ch- children. It also was banned in Montana because of themes of infanticide and euthanasia. You know, the Giver, mm-hmm. at yeah. a certain age, you just walk off yeah. yep. into the hinterlands. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird, Twelfth oh, wow. Night by Shakespeare... Okay. Probably cro- kind it, of it, right. it, it well, talked about Tyler's an alternative right lifestyle. <laughs> well, I'm saying. Tyler's all right with that. That's a whole other podcast. It's funny. My brain went com- tr- straight to like transgender. 
Right, issues. right, exactly. Well, and exactly. I remember To Kill a Mockingbird, the movie was one of the first movies, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, that ever really had a profound effect on me as a kid. I was thinking My about doing the next season. teacher, oh, wait, and we, we were at home in, in, in the summer, and it was on, like, Turner Classic Movies or Greg something. Peck. Yeah. Or, I'm watching this thing, and I was like, but wait, he... No, wait, what? Why is this ending this way? It's supposed to end happily. Yeah. This is not supposed to end this way. And that was like the first movie. I remember it very clearly that had that effect on me. And I've always loved that book because of that after that and reading it. But mm-hmm. I can't believe it's banned. It's crazy to me that that book would be banned. Um, Ulysses by James Joyce was banned by the U.S. Customs Service for 15 years on the grounds that it was obscene. In 1933, the ACLU won a major legal victory that forced the U.S. Customs Service to lift its ban. Um, but you know, people can't handle, or some people mm-hmm. can't handle sexuality, drugs, but Ulysses is a, is a classic now. So it's just very, very, you know, vampires. Don't yeah. get us started on vampires. Yeah. <laughs> we love um, A Wrinkle in Time. This, this oh, just became a big movie, movie right? Yeah. But crystal balls and witchcraft and uh. demons. It's the same reason why Harry Potter was banned. Um, it's amazing to me that because you know, we keep saying like some people can't handle, for example, the witchcraft or the sorcery, but it, it seems to me that that's a very small group of people. Why are they the most boisterous? That's a good that's question. A, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Well, I feel like that's a whole other podcast. One of yeah. the problems with censorship, it is sometimes a very small group that is deciding for the rest of us, mm-hmm. and um, that can be a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and and they're I'm, not always representative of the rest of us, right? And we try to not legislate for the small or for the or for the bad behavior. It's better to maybe legislate for the good behavior and encourage people to ask questions. And, you know, why would you be worried about witchcraft? The other thing about censorship is often people ban a book based on one word or one passage Mm -hmm. and rarely as it's been shown that do people actually take it as a whole work of art? Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly Huck Finn is in a case of that. If you, if you ban it for one word, you're losing the whole meaning of the whole book. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the, questions that is often asked is have you really read this book before you ask for it to be banned um probably not i'm right right well you don't know but people get all excited Mm -hmm. about a certain thing or a certain word or a certain passage and they think they know the whole story and sometimes it takes a little time to slow down and read the whole thing and ponder it a little bit before you go screaming that it's full of witches and it should be banned right Great. So what else can you tell us about before we, we end up here uh, about um, some of the events well, this month? Uh, we, the library is very excited to be a partner with the Coventry Peace Campus. Anybody with a library card gets a $5 discount if you show it at the door. Any library staff, I've given that to the Cleveland Public Library. The Ohio State Librarian is going to spread the word in the state of Ohio. Wonderful. Um, I mean, I feel, and the only reason why I say this is because I feel like this is the audience for that play. Right. I totally agree. Everybody else is also the audience for that play. But again, it comes back to that, you know, I think libraries are institutions that can be institutions that are vehicles for inclusion and social change and community involvement and community development. Right. And we are living, breathing, and changing all the time. And uh, we're we're very excited to be a part of this. Nancy will be doing a talk back, yes, again on the 22nd. Um, We're going to have the uh, American Civil Liberties Union, which you touched just a few minutes ago. 
I think it ties in very much to the work that they do. So, you know, really, again, creating a platform to have these conversations. Yeah, I mean, and so, you know, part of the podcast is talking about the theater stuff, but we also, you know, one of the things we try to do is diversify, and, and hopefully we're, this this will let people know a little bit more about the Heights Libraries, and hopefully it'll let them know some of the other stuff that's going on. Yeah, and there definitely is a lot going on at the Heights Libraries, you know, and that includes... Uh, registering folks to vote. Um, Nancy and her staff have uh, taken intensive training in uh, helping people fill out their passport applications and things like that. So it's not just a place you can go for uh, borrowing books. You know, I think there's there's a lot of opportunity in libraries and of course it's all free. So we'd like to thank Nancy Levin for coming into the Cleveland Stage podcast. Uh, Don't forget to get your tickets for Alabama Story opening this evening, September 7th. And that's running until September 30th. Shows at 8 p.m. on Fridays and Saturdays and 2 p.m. on Sunday afternoons. Uh, this has been the Cleveland Stage Podcast. Thanks, of course, to Celeste Cosentino, Executive Director of Ensemble Theater, for being here with us. And we'd like to thank our 2018 media sponsors, including Fog Corporate Properties, who you can find at fogfogg.com. Fog builds Cleveland flexible spaces in all the right places. Also, for our listeners in Michigan, visit Discount Home Improvement for all your home renovation needs, specializing in kitchen and bath cabinets, making quality products affordable for everyone since 1994. It's your money. Why pay more? Find them in Grand Rapids and Muskegon and online at DiscountMI.com. And wherever you listen to the Cleveland Stage podcast, please make sure you subscribe and rate the show. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler, along with Ian, and this has been the Cleveland Stage podcast. We'll see you next time in theater. (laughs) 